0: How it is. Gather in God's house. In God's house. Is it to be here tonight? How in God's house. Father, we thank you for those that have taken time out of their schedule to come and fellowship and worship with us today. We thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, and all this time that we have spent to magnify your name. And now, Father, as we get into the word, we ask that you will touch our minds, our hearts, that we will receive your word and that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and gain great root. We thank you and honor you, God, for this day that has been designated as Mother's Day and for all those that have been designated and have performed these duties in the lives of people. And so we thank you as we celebrate this, that your word that we declare today will just resonate through the hearts and minds of everyone present. We thank you and honor you for it in your son Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I definitely want to take just a quick little moment because our whole message today is talking about Mother's Day but I just want to just recognize the old mothers, the young mothers, the mothers in between and just tell you thank you for what you have done and even though it may not have been What you thought was the best at the time, the fact that you did something has significance. The adjustments that need to be made will be made, but I just want to thank you for the efforts that you have done as a mother in raising your children and those that came across your path. You know, back in the day when I was coming up, it was not unheard of for you to get in trouble from neighbors and and all them other folks. Some of them you would want to be fighting, but you know if you fought them then you get a worse whooping when you got home. But it was just it's just good to know that folks care enough about you to want you to perform and to do better. So as we as I was looking at today, I know how it's set aside, but I, I wanted to kind of go past just today. And I just want to talk about the effect. And that's I'm ta- I'm gonna talk about it today. From the mother's viewpoint, and then on Father's Day, we're going to talk about it from the father's viewpoint, because a lot of times we miss uh, our significance, and we we kind of don't acknowledge what we the effect that we have on, on generations going forward. You know, I always tell the story about the. Uh, the mother and the, the daughter and the grandmother were sitting in the kitchen and the daughter was getting ready to prepare the ham. And then I said, you know, the daughter asked the mom, hey, mom, why do we cut the back end off of the ham before we, before we put it in the oven? And the mother was like, well, I don't know, mom. And then she asked the grandmother, she said, mom, why do we cut off the, the back end of the ham before we put it in the oven? She said, well, I don't know why you all two doing it, but I did it because my pan was too small. And so it's the same type of thing. We, we, we set up things and we cause things to happen. And when we look at them, it's, in that situation it was comical, but you have an effect that lasts through generations. So I just want to encourage you with that today, if y'all don't mind. Let's look at the first, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures and then I'm going to talk about it a little bit and then we're going to call it a day. First scripture I want us to look at today Second 2 Timothy, oh, that's a nice name, ain't it? 2 Timothy, the first chapter, the fifth verse. That name's so nice they had to put in the Bible twice. Bless the Lord. Second Timothy, the first chapter, the fifth verse says this. It says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. Let's jump over to Proverbs, the 31st chapter, and I'm quite sure if we were to take a survey of the foundational scripture for most sermons today, it would have Proverbs 31 in it today. So I wanted to grab a couple of those scriptures today. Proverbs 31, 10 and 11 says, An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Then we drop down to the 23rd verse. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. 25 says strength and dignity are her clothing, and she lasts at the time to come. 26 says she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. 27 says she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. 29, Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. 30 says, Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I want to talk today for a few moments. I just want to talk to y'all about legacy. And I'm not only just talking about legacy, but I want to talk about a lasting legacy. And as we look at this, I want to. Sometimes it's good to know why we do what we do. And we all know that today is uh, uh, Mother's Day. And because it's Mother's Day, I want I want I like to know why we do stuff. Cause I just think it's it's good to know. Mother's Day was established because someone really loved what their mother did for them. I'm not gonna say no names. I want you to go look it up. But uh, so in 1908, she petitioned and and got things rolling. First West Virginia took it on as a holiday, and then she wrote some more letters, and then in 1914, it actually became a federal holiday. So the president even says, yes, that's a good idea. Well, you know, sometimes when we, we have a good idea, sometimes folks will mess it up. And by 1924, the same woman that did all this work to establish Mother's Day was now going against Mother's Day. And the reason that she was going against Mother's Day, her intention was that you would celebrate your mother. Well, uh, if she was living, uh, I remember back in the day when I was growing up, you would wear the uh, the carnations on Mother's Day, and uh, you wore pink or red if they were living, and you wore a white one if they were deceased. You know, just to recognize. And the other thing that part of Mother's Day, when she established it, she wanted you to write a letter to your mother, and so. In the beginning, it was good. This was the whole intention behind it, you know, just to acknowledge your mother and, and, you know, just say all the good things that, you know. Well, the underhand thing was she worked in the floral industry, so the carnations, you know, that was, that was a good thing. But then the greeting card folks got involved. And when the greeting card folks got involved, she got upset because she wanted folks to write something from their heart not go look for no card to give to somebody. And so that's why she started going against it, because it went from this thoughtful uh, point where I just want to acknowledge my mother and what she's done for me, and I think everybody should do that, to this commercialized enterprise that it is today. Do you do you know that uh, I, I, there are, in Christian circles, we talk about the three most high days for churches, the three most high days for churches, we call them CME, Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. Those are the three days when most folks are going to go to church. And so not only has the church grant hold of this, but think about it. Mother's Day sells more flowers, more chocolates than Valentine's Day. Isn't that some? All that. See, I'm trying not to say that, but it keep coming out. Uh, it, it it just how it becomes this big. If did you get your mother a a, a, a bouquet of roses? Well, you know, for ten dollars more, you can get her two bouquets of roses. You know, if you're really a good child, you should get her three. And we have the super special. You know. They don't care, but it has become so commercialized that we've lost the focus of what the day represents overall as a country. And we're not the only country that celebrates Mother's Day. There's, you know, there's many other countries that celebrate it also. But the, thing that, the point that I want to bring out is sometimes our good intentions, if we don't make sure that everyone has a good understanding, can go in different directions. One of the greatest things about our, our country, the United States, is the fact that we have the freedom to celebrate Mother's Day however we want to. The government can't come in and say, everybody needs to write a letter, you know, because that's you know that's, we, we, that's, we function a little bit differently. But my thing is, we, I want us to recognize not only the day, but I want us to recognize the effect. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the the power of legacy. I want to talk about how important it is for us as people, especially as the mothers, to understand how important you are to what we have going on today and for for times to come. So you know i got to go talk about definitions. Let's talk about what is the definition of legacy. Legacy is the inheritance, the giving of something from ancestor to predecessor. It is a continuous line of things that are given that are move throughout a family line. We've heard, we've heard of like the Rockefellers. We know they have this legacy of being involved in the, in the oil industry. We've heard of all these folks that have, for instance, I'll do a more recent one, like the Bushes. They are, they are a political legacy. One of the few modern day families to have had two folks in the family have served in the highest office in the land. There's different types of. Legacies. But the thing that I want to bring out is the fact that all of it is legacy. All of it is something that we hand down from one generation to another. And what we do today actually has an effect on tomorrow. And so. There's a saying that behind every great man, there's a faithful and great woman that is behind him holding up his arms and encouraging him and propelling him. And we've also heard of athletes. We Very, very rarely do you hear an athlete when he's having one of those great moments where he acknowledges his daddy. It's always, I want to thank my mom for persevering with me, for doing these things with me, for pushing me, for encouraging me, for doing all these things to help me. Even in the Bible culture, if we look at how the the, the structure of the family, the mother was the one that did the education of the children. The mother was the one that stayed up with the children. The mother did a lot of these things in order to ensure that the children were properly nurtured. Even in our scripture today, Proverbs the 31st chapter you see how the, the husband and the, the husband is sitting in sitting around the high officials because of what the wife did because she has that ability to influence we know women have had a great influence in the arts and in, in theology and all these things they have had this influence And so as we look into this and we look at the effect of where we are today and what we want to have happen tomorrow, we have to evaluate how we're doing the things that we do today. When we look at Timothy, 1 Timothy, I mean, 2 Timothy, uh, verse 1, first chapter, fifth verse. We see that there's two great women in here. We see that there's Lois, the grandmother, and Eunice, the mother, that they, Paul says, they, they they are these women of great faith. And because Timothy came up in this environment, he almost, because of, Being in their presence also becomes this man of great faith. Think about this. One of the greatest apostles, missionaries in the Bible goes into this town and finds this young man and says he is a great man of faith because of how he was brought up. Even though his, his mother married this Greek guy, it, 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 it was irrelevant. The fact that she had spent this time and taught him the ways and taught him what he needed to know in order to be a good man of God. Paul took him under his wings and helped to refine that. But we know that his mother and his grandmother were the ones who primarily established who he was in the faith. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody thought that their mother was like that Proverbs 31 woman? You know, she's just awesome. She can do everything. She's superwoman, wonder woman, all those other women. You know, wouldn't wouldn't it be nice? But this thing, when I read this, I I just, I said, I got to talk about this during the message. It says, to a four-year-old, mommy can do anything. To an eight-year-old, mom knows a lot. To a 12-year-old, mom doesn't know much of anything. To a 16-year-old, it's not worth asking mom because she doesn't know. To an 18-year-old, mother is way out of date. To a 25-year-old, mother might know a thing or two. To a 35-year-old, it's probably best to consult mom on this issue. To a 50-year-old, some wish they could consult mom. To a 70-year-old, they often wonder what mom would have said about this. Although we don't know who exactly said this, it just shows the process that we go through, the significance that the woman has in the life of those that she influences. And so uh, I would like to say today that no matter how you got here, you're here. And never be ashamed of how you got here. Celebrate the fact that you're here, and you're here to make an influence. You're here to make a change. God has brought you here for this specific time for a specific purpose. My mentor always teases me about the fact that he's been doing some things longer than me, and I always bring out the fact that he's older than me, so he has to have done things longer than me because he's older than me. But sometimes we forget that our parents, especially our moms, have lived longer than us. And they have experienced things more often than us. And most of all, because we have half of, the, half of their genetic disposition, they probably did it the same way we did and probably was laughing at you after they whooped your butt for what you did uh, during that time. I tried to do the same thing and got the same whooping. But we just have to recognize the fact that it's going on, it's perpetuating, it's continuing, it's it's setting up for the next generations. And what we do today, that young person that we interact with today, that young man or young lady that we speak into their lives today, it's going to have an effect on their tomorrow. And it will have an effect on their children. And so we have to be cognizant of what we're saying. How we're saying it, and what is our goal in influencing the next generation? Sometimes it's even influencing our same generation. For some reason, some folks—they—they—I uh, they, uh, um. Okay, I won't leave leave that alone for right now. <clears throat> some children, some mothers, some—some. You know, what kind of? Influence and legacy are you leaving in the lives of your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your Sunday school class, the next generation? What kind of influence? If we were to be able to categorize your influence, what type of influence are you leaving? And sometimes we don't recognize that our influence is greater than what we're thinking. You just speaking to somebody sometimes has this ripple effect that goes way far, way beyond what you were thinking of initially. You just said hi, but that just made that person's day. And so we have to realize how important it is. We have mothers that have done things that we can look at. For instance, if we look at uh, Jochebed, who is Moses' mother, if you realize her, she was told to kill her son as soon as she had him. And she kept that boy for three months until he got too hungry and kept making up noise. So she tried to hide him away from the house so that she could come out at night and, 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 and treat him and uh, um, nurse him. But God had it all worked out so that where she happened to place him, the princess comes down to, to, to uh, take her bath says, hey, that sounds like a baby over there. Oh, that's a Hebrew baby. I like this baby. And her sister Miriam, his sister Miriam, happened to be standing there and says, hey, ma'am, would you like me to go find somebody to help nurse the baby? Yeah, that's a good idea. So she goes home to her mother and says, hey, the princess has Moses and wants you to come nurse." Her. So she gets paid as the nursemaid to take care of her own child Simultaneously, think about this. She's in the Egyptian household, right, teaching him the Jewish ways because that's his real mother. So that's why when he got older, he ran into this conflict of character because he says, I'm an Egyptian, but something inside me tells me that I'm greater than this and that I'm not just an Egyptian. There's something pulling me because of the influence she had in his life. They still talk about Moses today. Whether you're Christian, whether you're uh, Jewish, what, Moses still has a significance. But, but his mother had that influence, had set up this foundation by which he became the great man that he became. For those of us that have looked in the Bible and looked at everything beside the, the Gospels, and maybe have ran into this book in the Old Testament called Judges, there's a woman in there called Deborah, and she was just trying to chill. But the king comes to her and asks her, what's God saying? God says, you'll have victory if you go fight. The guy was scared. He says, I'll only go if you'll go with me. And so she goes with him and they have victory because she was there and she was able to influence his life. Think about Naomi. This is the book of Ruth where she gave up everything she had because she wanted to be with her mother-in-law and wanted her to be successful. And then this woman becomes, I mean, uh, Naomi's the mother of Ruth. And so Ruth then becomes a person that's in the lineage of Jesus because of who she is. Then one of my favorite women in the Bible, Hannah. Hannah was a woman who couldn't have children. And her husband did everything, but she just said, I really just want to have a child. She said, God, if you give me this child, I will dedicate this child back to you. She gets pregnant. She has the child. Turns about three years old. She shows up. The priest is standing there, and she's like, here, this is my promise to the Lord. Now, Eli, the priest at the time, he wasn't wasn't doing too good. But he accepted the, the, the gift that she gave him, and Samuel became one of the greatest prophets that the nation of Israel ever had. The point that I want to bring out about this is, look at all these women women that were just doing what they thought was right to do as a woman and influence what they could. And greatness was birthed out of those that they influenced. And then I don't want to forget Mary, who as a teenager, an angel shows up and says, hey, you're highly favored of God. She's like, OK. Well, you finna be pregnant. Oh, wait a minute, dude. Before you start talking all that nonsense, you're trying to get me in trouble. I just got engaged to this guy. We haven't done anything. Well, this is how the situation is going to work out. Talks about how she became the mother of Jesus. And before Jesus died, he made sure that Mary was taken care of because of the influence. Yeah, Mary even had influence on Jesus. Isn't that something? The fact that a woman has this ability, this power, And I believe that that's why God has made them, designed them to be those nurturers. Because men become so focused on accomplishing things, but women like to take that time and just say, how are you doing today? And don't tell me you're doing good because I can see it in your face. So we see how outstanding all these women were and the impact that they had in the Bible. And the thing about it is, is, there is no set method by which all these women had this level of success. So I'm not trying to say all women need to do this in order to be good nurturers. Be you. Be true. Be a woman of virtue, of integrity, of honesty. And there's it's not, it's nothing wrong with saying, I messed up. And this is what I did to get better. Or I'm still messing up. I'm still trying to work on that area. It's, it's not a problem with that. That's what we need. We've gone through generations of folks that wouldn't tell their shortcomings and made everybody think that everything was going well. And the, then the next generation fell in the same exact hole, same exact time. And then everybody looking at them all cross-eyed like, oh, we knew that was going to happen. Well, if you knew something, was, OK, when you knew something was going to happen, I was getting a little emotional right there. When you knew something was going to happen, it makes me more upset if you knew it was going to happen and didn't tell me. You're just going to sit there and watch me do it. Now, if you kind of warn me and I still do it, then I, I'll take on responsibility. But you sitting there, yeah, but I saw your uncle do the same thing. I saw your cousin do the same thing. Well, you know what? Me and you ain't on too good of a turn right now. We, ne- we might need to go around this building and talk a little bit because I don't want nobody else to see me beating on you. But anyway, we have to realize that holding things back, covering things up, does nothing but cause worse situations on down the road. So if we want to leave a lasting legacy of good, of prosperity, of moving forward, then we have to say, this is where I came up short. This is where I fell down. And I don't want you to go through the same situation. You don't have to try to figure it out. Just be you. We can figure it out together. I ain't never done it this way, but if you want to try it, I'll be there beside you, and let's see what happens. Excuse me. So it doesn't matter. It, there's no my, my, my point at this time is you don't have to have this. you got to be a stay-at-home mom in order to be a, a good, to have a lasting legacy. It, that's not necessary. It, Whatever you need to do in order for you to be successful, do it. Just remember that you're having an influence on those around you. I remember we were going through some uh, things, and my son and my daughter started having some difficulties at school. And so I asked Yolanda. I said, "Hey, babe, could you could you kind of take off from the job for a couple?" I said a couple months, but I but it ended up being a couple years. But uh, so she became a stay at home mom for a couple years, and it was it worked out. It helped help my son helped my daughter. I think she was actually beating them up when they came home cause they wouldn't doing it. well, i I' But they God, they, the grades got back on track, and everything, everything went well. And God kept us and sustained us, because in Hawaii, almost every family has to have a, have two incomes in order to to you know to have a level of success. We went down to this one income. All of a sudden, I was just like, "Babe, you need you need to stop working like now." It wasn't like I planned anything out. I was just being impulsive, and she lovingly followed me, and and we did it. And but God worked everything out. And then she went back to work, and but it's, it's, there's no set way. You have to look at your situation, and you have to say, how can I help this person that I'm talking to right now so that when they leave my presence, that they can be better, that they can do better, and that they can go to gen- levels, gener- uh, levels of, of life that they have never touched before. And sometimes, the things that you're influencing a person about at that moment is not for that person, but it's for the person that they're going to encounter. And so we want to make sure that everyone that we encounter, that we are not just trying to empower them just for themselves, but teach them so that they can be an empowerment center to everyone that they encounter. We have all these influences coming from social media, from television, from all these directions, but we need those nurturing ladies that are looking to establish legacy to go forward and to say, I know what everybody else is saying, but this is the direction that you should go. This is the direction that you should do this. This is how you should do this. And one of the points that I want to bring out at this, at this specific moment is it is very important for us to have levels of communication and that folks feel that they can come and talk to us. Because if they don't feel that they can talk to us, then how are we going to have a positive influence on their legacy? In modern times, there was a lady, I don't know if you ever heard of this lady, her name was Corey Ten Boom. And she was a Jewish lady who lived during the days of World War II. The the significant thing about Corey was this. She was she was uh a lady that actually hid Jews from the Nazis to keep them from being sent to concentration camps. And this is this is the significant thing that she did. She never married, she never had children, but what she did was she touched hundreds of Jewish lives that would have been terminated by the Nazis by her doing what she did. There's another lady that I that uh that I ran into, I, I read about her story. Her name is uh Elizabeth Elliot. Let me make sure. I, yeah. Elizabeth Elliot. She was part her and her husband were missionaries. And they decided to go see these these headhunters, these Inca headhunters in South America. And over time They got a chance to actually go visit with them. Well, they had finally established a great enough relationship where they felt they were comfortable with going and interacting actually with them instead of kind of interacting with them intermittently. They went to live with them. They killed her. They end up killing her husband. So they find out her, 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 her she finds out her husband's dead. She does the funeral. They say, "Well, what are you going to do next?" She says, "I'm continuing on with the mission." She flies back down there to the place. They see her. They know who she is. They accept her, and she becomes significant in helping touch that area of South America with the message of Christ, because she showed the love of Christ, and and they said, "This is a, you know this. We killed this woman's husband, and she still loved us enough to come and tell us about this Jesus." So there's plenty of. Avenues. There's plenty, and we don't have to worry about having this big uh, Hollywood lights type of movie type of situation. Just in your little corner of the world, whatever influence you have or whatever person that you influence, I want to encourage you to continue on. Continue to speak over them, continue to encourage them to be successful and realize that every opportunity that you have is an opportunity for you to help them to touch the next generation. In the book of Titus, Paul talks to this young preacher and he says, listen, have your older women interact with your younger women. Why? So that you can teach them how to be sober instead of gossiping. How to be strong instead of weak, how to live a godly life so that the women can be encouraged. Because we know, although uh, men are in the position, it's the women that have the background influence that causes the success of men, like I said earlier. So today as I close out this, I want want to just encourage every Woman, every girl to realize that you have a level of influence. And that level of influence establishes what we call your legacy. Your legacy is your gift to the next generation. And so what do you want your gift to be? Do you want your gift to be inconsistency, uh, frustration, giving up, or do you want your influence your legacy to be success, uh, character, building folks up, you want to be around that person. Because every time you encounter that person, they're going to cause you to be successful. You have those opportunities today. It doesn't matter what, what your age is. It doesn't matter what your education level is. It matters what your mindset is. And your mindset will help others to become what it is that God has called them to be, as you become more of what he called you to be, which is a nourisher and an influencer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time of celebration of this day. And God, we thank you that you have placed us in the lives of one another. And through that placement, God, we're able to influence generations and that we're able to cause folks, men and women, to become more like you in every aspect and attribute of their lives. So, Father, give us wisdom as we interact. Give us wisdom as we have conversations that we will speak life and speak hope into those that we interact with. And, Father, we just want to thank you for this time of celebration of motherhood and the effects that it has on every generation. We thank you for this day in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.